Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm feeling it today. I'm feeling it. Oh, same here, mate. Podcast number four. Podcast number four? What are you waiting? Four? Four? For Thor. Or for Thor. Oh. Jesus, that was meant to be. Wow, well, we were. <laughs> wow, well, we Go. were. <laughs> what, we, what are you drinking, Matt? Oh, bro, I am drinking a good old-fashioned standard ghost ship. Ooh. You can't, you can't, you, honestly, you can't go wrong with a ghost ship. If you like your ales, good to go. Yeah, what are you, what are you drinking? I, I'm glad you asked, uh, Matt. <laughs> so I am drinking um, Sea Dog Spiced Rum, Black oh Spiced God. Rum. It's an Audi Spiced Rum. So and but the reviews online, right? I didn't go online before I bought. It. I can't even remember buying it. I don't. I don't know why we own it. We got it somehow, and um, oh. I looked, looked it online, looked it up, and it said that when it was when people blind tested the drink, right? They thought it was three times uh, some. I don't know. It was three times the value, or you know, they thought it was so much better than the the price that it was at the price point. That it was. Right. So nice. It's quite good. You know, when you get your Lidl's and your Aldi's, they have some really like dark horse kind of good quality stuff. Whether that's drink or food like you've got some serious like better than you, you kind of named brand stuff yeah. you can always rely upon the that's pr- great problem, mate. problem is it, it's always a gamble though isn't it because you oh, have that. Oh, absolutely that's part of the thrill isn't it that's part of the thrill of going to little every now and then i'm like fuck it i'm gonna go to little today and see what i can get in my weekly shop yeah yeah I've, i feel I've, i think with age and this is what me and Soph differ quite a lot, where she is absolutely the same. She's like, I want to go to Lidl, let's go to Audi, right, cheap shop, let's see what fun things we can find, right. Um, I, I, I hate to say this, and I know I'm going to be cast badly upon uh, for these views, but actually I'm quite snobby when it comes to supermarkets. I'm Tesco through and through, Matt, to be honest, mate. Are you? Tesco Are through you? and through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you delivery saver? Uh, delivery saver. Yeah. <laughs> on, on on Tesco. If you're if you're Tesco through and through, you've got to be a delivery saver. What the what eh? what what, what you is pay, that? You pay a little bit extra. Do you get them delivered? Or do you go to Tesco to oh, do, do no. deliveries? We, oh, okay. We we go or we get you, a uh, oh, You're that committed. You're that mm. committed to Tesco. You physically go. But you you do that still? Okay. Well, I tell you what. There's one person that wouldn't be able to do any delivery. Uh, they'd have to teleport in, and that would be Thor.
today's film is the first iteration of Thor, um, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Now, Forrest, I'm going to say that a lot in the next hour because <laughs> it's already a gripe. Oh, ooh. already. Oh, I'm going to throw the bomb already. I, you know, I, in honesty, I think, because yeah, this is it. This is it. This is this the fourth podcast now. We are well away and we're getting, we're edging ever so closer now to the first Avengers movie. And the setup is very much in motion and we're being introduced to all these superheroes and it's, it's bubbling, isn't it, mate? It's bubbling. Oh, it is bubbling. And I think you, you've, you've, absolutely summed it up by saying setup there is mm. a lot of setup again uh, it's we, a setup movie isn't it <laughs> if we thought that iron man 2 was heavy on the setup this is like let's crank it up another gear let's give you an entire universe worth of setup worth a law like we're gonna f- throw it at you big time big time big time i am um, i look forward to watching it again because again this is kind of uh one of those movies I've seen a fair few times. Like I, I'd probably say I've seen about four or five times. And that was probably either my fifth or sixth. And there were, there were moments of, of new things new. Cause I've got, so I've got a couple of, a couple of uh, Easter eggs um, to sort of lay out as we go along in our chat. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, had a good time watching it. I think it kind of, again, it is, you know, I agree. It's a massive setup movie. I do have a fair few gripes. I think, you know, you know, we'll get to it, but like the tone of this first Thor movie movie is very different to the tone that we now know as what a Thor movie uh, would be. But that's part of the evolution, I guess. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. Right. <laughs> Straight off the bat. Um, <laughs> aside from, one maybe two uh, grievances. Rewatching it, this is my favourite movie so far. Oh wow! Out of the out of the ones that we watched so far, yep. Wow, wow! Even more so than Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, bro. All right, fine, fine, fine. Oh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this now. Well, okay. Well, let's let's start. When when did this film come out, mate? So this film came out, and it doesn't matter how many times we do this, you always surprise me because you always you always change the order out of nowhere. <laughs> I, had, I had the summary. Um, so twenty seventh of April, tw- two thousand and eleven. Okay, I'm trying to figure out what I'm. Just, I'm literally looking at my Facebook page right now because it's, it is you know time of recording. It is April. Mm. you know um so i'm just trying to and we're not too far off that actual date but i'm just trying to see what actually what i was up to in 2011 i i know i was in my final year mm. of my degree um and uh that's literally all i can remember i do remember seeing this movie i do remember uh being very excited about the prospect of all these superheroes coming together because i think it was in the pipeline wasn't it from this point onwards it was kind of common knowledge that there was in the works um so Mm. yeah what were you up to mate it was it this would have been my i imagine my heavy in-betweeners stage so this was when i was like peak into the in-betweeners like i was you know last year Last year, uh, sick form, just about 
you know, branching towards the end of the year where I was just about to get to university. I probably, as of April, didn't know if I'd got a space by then. I think it's a couple of months down the line, isn't it? Yeah, well, I wouldn't have done mm-hmm. exams by that uh, by that point. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of teetering on the edge of going to university, seeing where I want to be. Very exciting time of my life. Um, <sighs> Sorry, I can hear random bangs in my room in my house. Oh, well, it's, I, I, I really hope it. It's really weird. Right, so so where I record, it's just behind a conservatory, and sometimes you can sort of hear the tree sort of brush against the Ooh. conservatory side, and I'm always cutting it down. I'm always cutting it back, trying to get it out of the way. But literally, I heard the loudest thud while you were talking talking there, and I was like, "Oh shit, my my youngest is awake." All right, because it's like it's like twenty to nine in the evening, and I'm the only parent in the house. Ooh. But it's not. I think it was just a, either a, la- a large cat. That's oh, another thud. What the fuck? Sorry, mate. Sorry, I, I, I proper I lost track there. <laughs> Do you hear that barking? What the fuck is going on? I'm going to have to check it out in a minute. Do you, do you want to go and check it out now, mate? Yeah, I'm going to go check it out. Is that right? <laughs> this is the, got, to, got to say, the spookiest start to a uh, podcast. Isn't it? But there you go. It is a bit anonymous. Anonymous. So, I, shall I keep recording to see if anything happens? Yeah, yeah. This I might have to use this as evidence. You might, you might actually. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's true. Right, hang on. He has just absolutely pelted it across the background there, ladies and gents. Absolutely pelted it. Oh, he's come straight back. I think we're all right. Oh. Whatever it is, it's spooking out the dogs. So, <laughs> uh, I am going. Sorry, Matt. I've got to call you out there. Uh, Matt just mute. He just muted himself to do what could only be described as the biggest fucking burp I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was so loud. Oh, it was being so courteous, so discreet to the to the one listener. This, this, uh, this podcast. This podcast has had potential murderer Matt. Matt's <laughs> biggest burp ever. Wow. Anyway, Forest. It's about that time, bro. I need some. I need a synopsis. Tell me what's what's happening in this movie. As the son of Odin, king of the Norse gods, Thor will soon inherit the throne of Asgard from his aging father. However, on the day that he is to be crowned, Thor reacts with brutality when the gods' enemies the frost giants enter the palace in violation of their treaty. As punishment, Odin banishes Thor to Earth, while Loki, Thor's brother, plots mischief in Asgard. Thor, now stripped of his powers, faces his greatest threat. Sounds really dramatic, doesn't it? That is, that is a very Kenneth Branagh in it some uh, plot summary like it's really dramatic it's really uh, you can feel the suspenses in there there's lots of at play lots of characters at stake it, like you say it, it's um and i'm going to say it's probably a lot on this podcast as well it sounds very um theatrical in a way yeah 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 yeah, yeah. right so we 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 start in new mexico 
we uh, come across Eric Selvig, Jane uh, Foster, and we come across Darcy. And they're in their little car, aren't they? A little van. Trucking along the desert. Kind of, you know, not fully reminiscent, but, you know, we know that Iron Man started like this, didn't we? Mm. You know, kind of in the, in the desert a little bit, trucking along in a different type of car. Um, and they're, you know, they're astrologists, aren't they? So they're scientists uh, and they're, they've been um, monitoring this kind of weird um, weather occurrence that's been happening over the last few days. And they're kind of trying to tackle it. And obviously what happens is then they are there at the moment uh, um, where Thor gets banished. OK, um, and then phew, see a boom of light comes down and there's kind of like a gust of smoke. And there's some clever one liners um jane's friend what's her what's the character's name Ah, oh. darcy 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 what a character flipping oh, up that character amazing character like incredibly character. good uh and to be fair worthy of a shout out of cat dennings yeah cat dennings is brilliant yeah brilliant massive fan immediate like immediately coming out with some absolute bang bangers of lines and just thrown in the comedy immediately which is great um <laughs> and basically i find that so through the smoke comes thor and then through kind of there uh obviously it's he's quite an opposing figure uh he gets tased and he gets taken out he gets tased and taken out and then we then go into a flashback the rewind goes on for a long time but not- i forget it was a rewind when I was watching it, I forgot it was a rewind because it was that long. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, I loved uh, the beginning. So we've had that first bit. And then I love the Lord of the Rings-esque telling of, you know, the history. Um, we find we hear about the Frost Giants. We hear about Asgard, uh, the Nine Realms. Awesome beginning. Ah, uh, don't agree. <laughs> God, we're literally already five minutes we, in. We're we not, are gonna disagree a lot, mate. We're we're gonna we need more alcohol, I think. And that's I think that's interesting from your point of that you thinking it's quite an epic thing, mm. and that's exactly the the kind of the way that I got was that it was trying to be like Battle of Helm's Deep, like it was trying to be epic. And the problem with me is when you are in the Battle of Helm's Deep. You are invested, and you know immediately what that what's at stake here. This is happening at the beginning. This is all happening at a point where we're just being introduced to these characters, and we're just getting a backdrop, blah, 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 and that's fine. And I think that I think I, I might be overanalyzing it a little bit here, and I think I might be being a bit harsh here, um, but I, it just feels a bit too epic for what it needed to be in in just it just being a very clear concise quick kind of flashback and then we can go straight to the main plot do you know what i mean i just thought i i, I don't know and i think this is the thing as well because we've gone from these these kind of human characters living on earth to mm. then jumping to this god but you know but that is exactly why we need that that is why we need that grand gesture of an opening and a massive welcome to here's the nine realms here's asgard here, you know here's frost giants here's random because you you it's almost going right you guys 
you've been absolutely sheltered. You think, oh, Iron Man, brilliant. He's a guy, he's, he can create, he's a scientist who can create this. Works for, he's got a lot of money, billionaire, right? And then you got, oh, we got, uh, in, we've had Incredible Hulk. Uh, we've got Bruce Banner, similar vibe, scientist, gamma, military. And it, it's like, whoa, hang on a minute, right? We gotta, we got to take this up a peg or two. So what better, if you started this film and you just went, ah, oh, here we are in Asgard. Oh, oh, hello. Hello, Thor. Oh, you've got a hammer. Oh, you don't live on, you don't live on planet Earth. Oh, hello, Thor. Oh, Odin. Oh, you've got a dad who's a little bit, a little bit arsey. Oh, hello, Loki. He's a bit mischief here. Like, and, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go straight to the hardcore. I'm going to go straight to the core of it. If... I am thankful that um, uh, we didn't get a Ragnarok-style first film to thought. I think right. if we if we'd have gone into it, it into that world straight away, I, I yeah, I wouldn't have bought in at all. I think Thor it needs to be grand. It needs to be serious. It's got to offer that that all of the vibes that this 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 offered. It's it's weird. I think, I think this is because if I, I'm, I think my perspective of this movie has changed since from the first time I watched it. So it must have been my my reaction must have been your reaction to that and your 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 point of view to the film in terms of it being grand, being really epic, but taking itself really seriously. It's a hugely different tone as well in terms of a, a, a character. It's a god. It's all. It's all. Yeah, it's Shakespearean in a way, right? Yeah, it's and, it's, it's very it's very Greek grand theatre, in you know, yeah. Odin. He, he, you know, we are we've got these grand characters, very fleshed out families. You know, so it's a family melodrama, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And and it and it's absolutely like I think it deserves that that intro, and it deserves that grand grandeur that, that, that it has. Do you know, in terms of um, it being Shakespeare, apparently um, Tom Hilderston, who plays Loki, actually based uh, characteristics of his character from Iago, um, from Othello, and Edmund from King Lear. And I, and again, I don't know whether that's something that he he, he was asked to do. Because we all know, okay, so Kenneth Branagh is a, is a massive Shakespearean director, massive Shakespearean actor as well. He's, he's, you know, he's really up there with kind of the upper echelon of Shakespearean actors. And so, it, you know, the tone of this movie makes sense for the person that's directing. It makes sense for the people that are in the film as well. You know, people like Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Tom Hiddleston as well, really throw in some acting chops in this movie. Like Anthony Hopkins, you know, as Odin is incredible. It's just so, it's so good. He is so good. Insanely it's, good. It's ridiculous. The, um, yeah, I think, I think that going back to my point in terms of like the tone of Thor, is that now my, my thought, my tone of Thor is all Takawahiti's, you know, vision of it being really comedic, really quite silly. He's yes, he's this god, and he's had to humanize himself through the way, and he's and so and and I think because it's not like that in this first movie, I'm a little bit like oh 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 what oh it's a bit jarring, but I think it, this this serious film needed to happen in order for those films to occur. Wait. But yeah, 
we are going to have such a Thor journey because I am so the opposite. Wahiti's mm. com- I didn't I didn't get on with Ragnarok, and I I despise I it. I, that's I, so interesting. It's my favorite. It is my I, hands down abso- my favorite. Absolutely, despite what what it will be interesting to go back and watch it again. But I I remember the first time I didn't even finish it. I what I think I watch now and I went now. Nah, I'm like it wow. is it's too much like just too much. And I and I'm interested to know whether this was in intentional in terms of Kenneth Branagh putting a direction kind of quote and a note into this to Chris Hemsworth playing Thor. It's like take yourself very seriously. You're not a human. You're a god. You're the this this. And then all of a sudden, the moment he lands on Earth there's these moments of, of of this kind of human element that's kind of being introduced and this godlike presence that he has kind of been taken down a little bit. It doesn't go, but it's kind of being taken down a peg and he gets humbled, uh, you know, massively in this movie. Um, mm. But yeah, anyway, going going back to the prologue um, of this kind of flashback very quickly uh, as a little, another little Easter egg, uh, you know, the village that the frost giants attack and take over kind of very like, Game of Thrones-esque as well, actually, I thought, um, mm. is is the same village and area that then becomes new Asgard later down the line in the EU. Oh. That's a little nugget Where of... Hello. Wow, yeah. we were. Uh, what I felt was missing um, was uh, the life and the soul of, uh, of Asgard. So mm. I I felt that we got a lot of uh, the history, a lot of um, the immediate family and the family drama, but what what we know about you know Greek tragedies or or what we know about Shakespeare is that you, you it's all about the society around right it's a societal kind of it the the story might be about the family but it's in relation to what to it to everything that's going on in society around them right and i don't feel until it, it towards the end of this film you get the banquet scene uh with sif and on all of that and you and you see a, a, a bigger asgard basically and i feel like that's the only lord of the rings element where i want to i want to see a thriving asgard which would make sense in in a way to set up the investment of being personally attached to asgard and then what happens obviously later in the movies with when flipping thanos turns up and breaks hell quite literally on Asgard, and so you know, I think I think there's that. I think there is that. I think you're right. I think there I th- there wasn't really any interaction in in understanding with the world of what Asgard is and the people within it. We don't usually we don't actually get that until later in the mm. other in uh, probably I think it's in the next Thor actually where we sort of see more kind of like crowd scenes and stuff. But yeah, we literally just get a picture, don't we? We just get an idea of what how it looks physically mm. and Rainbow Road. As well, that's what I call it. I actually know what it's called. But it looks like it, doesn't it? It Um, So in terms of our next gripe, it kind of leads into kind of what happens next. So we have this kind of setup with the frost giants being okay, these are the bad people within within this realm. Um and uh we get to the moment where Thor gets coronated or is to be coronated. Um and he has a big procession, he's coming down all heroic, loving life. Look at me, I'm Thor, gets down on one knee, and then he kind of there's this shot in where it's a close up and he just looks up at Odin. You can see him looking up and we're kind of looking at Thor's reaction. And all I am distracted by is his blonde eyebrows. <laughs> the 
the the the worst fake eyebrows I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, and I was like, oh, he's not as good looking as he should be <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I was like, which is a shame. Okay. <laughs> I just look. All right, that's so one take. <laughs> my <laughs> my admiration and man crush that I have for Chris Hemsworth was not fulfilled. <laughs> satisfied in this movie that's all i'm saying fucking right. hell i know you i know you said that you might be looking too in depth in this film but that is just you know <laughs> that's the taking the fucking piss that is mate. me <laughs> i mean i i mean i had a full-on conversation i had a full-on conversation with rachel who's my wife right and she 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 was like it is actually so bad to the point it's off-putting and i was like Oh my god, it actually is. But seriously, if you're listening, one listener, okay, and you, you know, if you did watch it, go back without, you know, if you didn't notice the beard situation, go back and eyebrows, go back and listen and watch that moment, you know, when he gets coronated and just look at that close up, pause your TV, get as close as possible to your TV or screen as possible, and really intensely look at that fake eyebrows and those fat that fake beard and and you and don't tell me that you're not bothered by that because it's horrendous <sighs> anyway sorry yes that was a gripe um anyway he goes to get coronated and the frost giants ruin it because they basically storm in uh into asgard and they try to steal what uh, when I say steal what, it's because I've literally <laughs> forgotten what they tried to steal. It's the tesseract, right? Oh, it, it is the tesseract, but they don't know it's the tesseract. It's the it's the it's the power source that they that they desire because they they've taken that's theirs. That was originally theirs, wasn't it? This mm. blue power source. Yes. The name escapes me, but yes, that. What I love is that. Um, is it was it? What's the name? Um, uh what's the the female uh she's not valkyrie she's sif 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 i was gonna say cyst and it's not cyst <laughs> oh wow. i know it's not cyst uh sif 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 who is great by the way Love brilliant i do you know i think there's not enough of that character and never has been enough of that character and what was lovely is that that character was momentarily featured in the new loki series but just like very minuscule but like yeah, we got. I think there was moments where the character was in Agents of Shield. I think um, for a bit. Got rumored to believe uh, Sif might appear in the new Thor film. I'd love well, to. I'd love to see more of Sif. I think she's, she's absolutely brilliant. But she kind of like puts Thor down immediately. She's like, "Well, no, you didn't do that for me. I did this myself, but you were there." And it was like, "Yes, yeah, so I was there." Blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, he decides and rallies his friends to go. Look, we're going to go to Jodenheim, where Jodenheim. Jordanheim, where these frost giants are, and we're going to teach them a lesson because they spoilt my bloody party. All right, so I'm going to go take them out. Now, who's with me? And kind of what instigates <laughs> that is is kind of Loki has been really, really quiet and listening through this whole kind of process and everything happening and been a kind of quiet listener. And it's been great. Sorry, you just kind of animated yourself in a way I've oh. never seen before, mate. Go on. <laughs> I'm so glad. Right, you perfectly angled back to Loki because first gripe. Oh yes, go on. Tell me it's 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 his hair, isn't it? 
It's not. It's not. It's not <laughs> what is your obsession, Matt, mate? I don't I've got know. no problem with. I I know that they are large and alive characters, mate. Not a one bone moment have I looked at the screen and gone, this fucking hell, come on, greasy, slick back hair. I just don't understand. Anyway, go on. It's all right. It's supposed <sighs> to not be from planet Earth, Matt, mate. There's a lot. There's a lot not. You know. Anyway, uh, Loki. My first gripe. Far too many shots of Loki at this point of the film, which are basically telling you as an audience, he's not who he seems, right? Far too much of that, straight from the... Like, why do we need that? And and they... <laughs> what, Matt is currently face up right to the camera, eyes shifting all over the place. That's a pretty but, good demonstration, that. It was. And, and, and there's no need... And... They, and, and a gripe with Marvel so far, right? If when we're really closely looking at these films, sometimes are really bad at over indicating what is about to happen, right? There's no no need yep. to have that many shots of Loki. Like maybe a couple of glimpses of Loki. Honestly, at this point in the film, it's like shot of Thor, shot of Odin, shot of a frost giant, shot of Loki, shot of Loki. And it's like, there's no other reason we would be panning to Loki right now. He's not part of the action at all. I would rather we had two really full acting, like, you know, not action-packed, but acting-packed, where you really see close-up of Loki, you know what, he, someone's not right there. Two of those, no more, done, right? And then we find out why why he's shifty. Too much of it. Too yeah, much. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think you're right. I, but we, we, that, that might have then put it into even more danger of making this. Remember, this is still a flashback, isn't it? Uh, epically long in that moment. But still, yeah, I totally agree. But then they so they decide, don't they, to go to Odenheim. They try and take on the big baddie uh, uh, of the Frost Giants. And there's absolutely hella loads, shit tons of Frost Giants that come and sort of uh, battle with Thor and all that kind of stuff. Basically, they get overrun. And it gets to a point where, well, actually, they've, they, they, you know, they realise that this is actually a harder job than they thought. Then Odin, in kind of like a massively pissed off dad way, turns up in his white horse and just kind of shoots everybody down. Goes, ah, yep, what are you doing? Stop this! Stop this right now! Daddy, daddy says, stop fighting. All right, let the let the adults talk. Um, and they come to an agreement, but the frost giant says, you realise that he's gone. What you know? One too, one too far here. Laufey. Laufey, I think he finds it. Laufey, yeah. He says, he declares this is war and he goes, uh, does he say so be it or something like that? Or I know or something like that. It's something very, just the way Anthony Hopkins delivers it is, it's, it's wonderful. The house of um, Odin is full of lies, Laufey says. Mm, yes. And it, and this yes. and that's another thing, mate. Going back, sorry, back to the Loki comment really quickly. There's enough in there. He says enough. Like there are enough comments to make without panning yeah. straight to Loki. Like we know we we you yeah. know we, we don't treat your audience like they're thick as shit. If you're saying there That's is problem, true. like there are lies in the house of Odin, it's either going to be Odin or fucking Loki. <laughs> That's so true. Do you know what's really funny? So well, you haven't even mentioned Thor's mum. Thor's mum. She she gets a look and that's it. Frigga. Yeah. So she gets a look. But anyway, they go back, don't they? They go back, you know, Thor sends everybody back and they have a big kind of domestic argument in front of all their friends. Again, Loki kind of listens and watches on and 
dad goes, well, you know what? You've gone one step too far. I'm kicking you out of the house. Do not come back to Asgard until you feel like you're maybe a little bit worthy for this. I'm taking your hammer away as well. You know, and he says all the kind of like, whoever possesses this holds the power of Thor. Chucks it out. All right. And then Thor gets then booted out. Big, big praise for that scene. The banishment scene. Like, oh my God. The the act, the acting. You're so right. That, that is the absolute like pinnacle of Kenneth Branagh. Right, we're gonna fucking Shakespeare the holy hell out of this. Yeah, it is. It is very. It is very Shakespearean, isn't it? It is a proper, serious, dramatic scene that you wouldn't necessarily. See. And actually, in all honesty, we actually haven't seen a scene like that at all in the MCU up until that point. I think Edward Norton thought he was doing that. Well, well uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Bruce Banner. I, I think I'm doing a, a very good Shakespeare performance here. <laughs> Second gripe. Uh, I've put comedy is quite badly written in this. See the jokes coming a mile off like Thor getting run into the second time. Right, that whole jo- it was yep. just it wasn't funny. Absolute, might as well not have bothered. Thor getting run into the first time, okay, but the whole the they actually try and make it a thing to the point when you know Jane goes, mm. oh god, I've got to I've got to stop running into you like this. Hey, running into you. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's one. I think that kind of leads into my next gripe. Really, is the kind of this whole love interests with with Jane oh. and Thor. It's really, really weird, and it kind of happens way too. Comes out it's just unbelievable. All of the action in this film, right? Okay, minus the the flashback, we don't have any bit, like knowledge of time frame, right? So in our in our minds, no. quite like uh, you raised with the Incredible Hulk, with the lack of knowledge about time. In our minds, this has all happened over what a couple like a day, a couple of days. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it won't have been that long at all. So they're supposed mm-hmm. to have like spent one night together, and, and next next day suddenly like oh my god you know I, I, I don't know how I'm ever gonna how I'm ever not gonna see you again. Yeah, joke. Yeah, it's weird. I I it, I think so when it, like you know Jane's character sort of meets with with Thor, there's this kind of I think the direction is like she kind of falls immediately head over heels over this really, you know handsome blonde eyebrowed and blonde beard blonde hair god i don't know how you would because of the blonde eyebrows but still anyway um it's it's again it's you've got again and i this kind of goes into kind of like the Liv tyler situation i had with in the incredible hulk is that you are giving poor lines to a really really good performer a really good artist anyway thor gets then taken away to the hospital because that's where you take people when they're injured anyway thor basically goes where the hell am i what are you doing what are you putting this on me he takes out everybody in the hospital okay then he gets drugged and then they decide and then they kind of uh decide actually uh this is the best place for him i'm i'm, I'm i am jumping here just because i know there's still lots to talk about but i think the next kind of moment is when they take him to the diner Yes. Uh, prior to that, we've got to do a Stanley tribute. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can't, can't yes, jump we do. Into. Thank you very much. So, uh, well Stan Lee, uh, there was a group of, um, I don't know, what are you describing as thugs or just opportunists who are trying to get uh yeah basically trying to get thor's hammer aren't they they're trying to take it away uh they mm-hmm. realize that it's it's very strong you can't possibly take it um and stan lee is in the car uh and he's trying to drag the hammer using the, the force of his car uh and he says did it work and he looks at the back of his car very happy very excited with himself and he went did it work hey! love oh, him bless him bless him love him he's not dead yeah. see as in the character Stanley. Stanley is dead, unfortunately. Oh, what 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 a way what a way to bring that down. That went really Jesus. dark pretty quickly. Sorry. Oh Jesus. Gonna need a Fuck swig sake. of me rum to get over that. Anyway, we're in the diner. <laughs> uh there is this there's an infamous scene here, isn't there, really? I think where where Thor discovers uh he doesn't discover beer but like i suppose beer as on on earth i can only imagine is very different to what beer or mead would be uh like in asgard um i don't know actually do they have ghost ship in asgard uh, maybe uh, what a, who knows what, what a thing to find out we need to find out yeah i think we do um anyway he's, he smashes the glass down the floor and goes ah oh, another and that is a, a clip that's probably been used a million mm. times over in uh all kinds of like mcu related stuff and like videos trailers all that kind of stuff um in terms of what happens in that scene it's not really much really because they're all just trying to figure out what's Mm. going on oh obviously before this as well loki discovers that he is um uh, of frost giant descendants as well uh and then he kind of like sees this kind of hand becoming blue and all that kind of stuff and um, yeah, and and the idea that so Odin's kept this quiet for years. Uh, he wanted, he kind of wanted to use Loki uh, to create an alliance with the Frost Giants. Uh, so it's kind of you know we're looking at this Od- Od- Odin's good image up to now is kind mildly being eroded when you look at like actually you've never told your son uh, that he's the son of Alfie like and and actually. Is it is it less to keep Loki safe, or is it more about uh, the the benefit to Odin by doing that? Um, anyway, they get they get into the car. They um, drive towards Thor's hammer. Um, there's a moment uh, where Thor and Jane are having a scene mm. in the car. Now, it's not a gripe; it's an observation. 
just because I still think uh, Natalie Portman is a fantastic actor. Um, what actress, actor, actress? What's what's Where the deal with at? that? Where are we at? I, I, Where are we at with that? At? I'm interested. What, however, she defines herself in terms of actor, actress. However, it's absolutely fine. Either way, um, there is a moment where she kind of steers the steering wheel. Uh, very like there's this kind of it's kind of car acting, isn't it? You kind of see it in scenes sometimes where people are in the car and they're just doing this. And what I'm doing for for the listener right now is I'm just literally just shaking my hands very violently. And then what happens is on this wheel is that there's nothing really going on. They're not going left or right. They're just going straight. It, it was just this this really distracting movement that she was doing consistently with steering wheel. And this is so this Honest, is so minor. You are this as petty as I was getting with the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, this. I yeah, I this think I'm is, getting a little bit is... too petty. But it just distracted me a bit, man. I'm be honest. Anyway, um, Jane swooning oh, yeah. over Thor. Uh, Let's talk about this. Deep Let's dive. deep dive in a little, Let's a little bit more. Now, it's not like I don't have an issue with this happening. The relationship between Jane and Thor, I think, is it's an integral part to Thor's journey. It was just the way the character of Jane swoons over Thor so quickly. And it's kind of this giggly, funny, weird, immature kind of like swoon. It's not. It's And, and, and I think for the intelligent human being that Jane is, wouldn't react in that kind of way to anyone god yeah. or human um and I, yeah i think we just needed a little right. bit more or maybe just a kind of like push and pull a little bit more of iron man and pepper potts-esque in there maybe and so so they have that scene and it kind of night time they're waiting for night to fall and they they're close to the compound where shield have effectively taken over um the the site of where thor's hammer is and they're kind of experimenting they're doing they the kind of the camp that they set up and i don't know if listener uh you have seen wandavision um have you watched wandavision yet mate uh i have indeed oh so you know the compound that they kind of set up um outside the uh the estate uh, where Wanda kind of uh, you know, locks herself into and creates her own reality. Um, that kind of setup feels quite similar of what that is. That kind of like weird kind of like uh, sort mm. of makeshift tents uh, around things and stuff. But they kind of Thor goes in, infiltrates nothing but himself, t-shirt and jeans and all, um, and takes out people. And then there's this wonderful, and I actually genuinely forgot this moment happened the introduction to hawkeye in this scene yes another blink and you'll miss it well not blink and you miss it but a very quick moment uh just it was so cool so 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 it's clint isn't it so clint is uh he's kind of up above his knee and he's got he's got his bone arrow on on thor and he's a hide gun effectively still for for shield in this kind of circumstance and it's the first time you see him. You don't really know who he is. You, you know, if you're watching this for the first time, you you wouldn't know that he'd be a, an Avenger. Um, and yeah, and I just got you got I got a huge kind of like oh it's okay, and I got really excited. Um, but then basically he gets in, he tries in, he tries to get Thor's hammer, well his hammer, Monu, Mimu, um, and it doesn't happen. Thor doesn't 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 work. He gets really upset and. There's this kind of like crane shot of rain and he's muddy mm. and shit and he's like really angry. Again, very Shakespearean, isn't it? 
very Shakespearean. Colson as well at that time because you kind of see Colson like call off back up and he's like no he plays it out I want to watch I want to watch this I want to see fucking, this I fucking love Colson oh, he he you know in terms of like this podcast don't be a hero he is again he's one of those people he's just a human he's just a guy that's in this job and he loves his job and he's hundred percent in it and he's committed and he's got all this compassion and empathy he. That is, yeah, mate. He's our poster boy, right? Question. Yeah. Does Coulson know more about Thor than he lets off in this in the scene in the scene that follows this one when he's arrested? He he states a load of countries where Thor might possibly miss, uh, might be a mission uh, missionary miss missionary missionary. <laughs> that is missionary, isn't it? What he's been sent on a mission? No, miscellaneous. Did you call him a missionary? What's the like like a like military injury? He lists off a load of countries. Yeah, a missioner, a missioner, a mission, a hired, a hired guy, a mercenary, mercenary, mercenary. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, he's not a missionary because that's a person sent on a religious mission. Yeah, I was gonna say. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool, got ya. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those. <laughs> does he know more? I he... think. So. I think so. I think he does. I think he is. Uh, he is dedicated to what he's doing in his job, so he must know. And as well, there's references in there in Iron Man Two where he said he's been out uh doing other things and that other thing is obviously the, the point of focus at that point for colson is thor so you can only imagine through kind of the time scale of things if we're thinking properly here he's had enough time to really gather as much information as possible from him so there's probably there probably is but just purely because that whole that exchange with thor there there is no reason for colson to not just outright say to him are you from asgard like what? Why? Why make up a list of countries and and call and say that he'll know nothing about? Chances are, let alone agree to. So yeah. and that that's the only part that made me think. Oh, hang on a minute. Okay, is there a world in which Colson wouldn't know? Who just thinks that uh, the um, the Avengers are from Earth and all of this is on Earth and you know, yeah, there's no bigger story. Loki, Loki, Loki in the cell. He does visit. He kind of teleports himself. Well, he doesn't teleport himself, and doesn't he? Is it? He's he's projecting himself. He he yes. So Loki arrives uh, somehow, and he uh, informs Thor of the news uh, that um, Odin is dead. Mm-hmm. Now we know that Odin is not in good shape, uh, mm. he, because of uh, a very dramatic scene in which he randomly collapses, very out of the blue. He doesn't grasp his heart or anything. He just absolutely plants it uh, on the steps of Asgard, um, and yeah, and Loki basically lies to Thor and tells him, y- "Your dad's dead." Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out whether it's projection or he's reflecting because he's got he's got this skill, hasn't he? This kind of talent where he can 
put himself in two places at once and multiply himself and all that kind of stuff. And he uses that in terms of trickery. So I, I don't know if he's actually there in that moment, but Thor's obviously distraught. He's obviously, he's believing his brother immediately. He trusts his word. Coulson comes back back in and asks a few questions, a bit of questioning for Thor. Um, and in terms of like winding it forward, it's then we kind of get to a moment where um, we see the Destroyer. Have you, this, I think that's what the name of that big burly thing is. Mm. The Destroyer. Yeah, the Destroyer. Yeah. It reminds me of a villain out of um, a DC. Yeah, it's almost uh, Doctor Who-esque. I think. Yeah. It's, the, it's it's very it feels very well, <laughs> feels very alien. Um yeah, feels yeah. very alien within this film. But likewise, that is, you know, if you're going outside of Earth, you're gonna encounter those. Mm. But it's very robotic esque. So it's not mm. it's a strange um, It's weird. Yeah. But anyway, during this moment where, where Thor's still kind of um, in the interrogation mode, he's back in Asgard, his uh his friends, his his merry men and woman, um, are plotting to come back. Yeah, not come back. Come to Earth to help him out and to sort of right the wrongs. And in that scene, they say that they come back. Uh, Thor. Um, he get, I don't. I can't remember how he gets out. He's not. He's not like in prison, is he? Thor. He's just being interrogated. Yeah. How he leaves. So, Doctor. Um, Dr. Selvig uh, lies, doesn't he? And he says that he's an, uh, an old oh, scientist. Yeah. And it's a fake ID. Anyway, he gets to, he meets up with his friends back in the high street, effectively, of this kind of very small <laughs> in, high, in street. high street. <laughs> high street. I say high street. The very small village. Kind of. Mm. It's like a model village. It's really, and I think that's another thing that kind of upsets me a little bit. It's because of where it's set and how insular and small town it is. It just all looks really fake. Like, it looks like a weird... MGM 1950s kind of like model set of of a town, but um, it, and it's it, 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 it yeah absolutely, and it and it's the same. So you got Asgard, absolutely no like no vibe, no you know society. You got Earth, mm. the smallest town on Earth ever, and they're all getting from A to B within about like a matter of an hour. Um, and then even uh, when they uh, visit the frost giants on Jogenheim, um, that's a tiny, it's barely it's like, tiny place. So yeah, Kenneth Branagh does not like a crowd. He does not not like a crowd scene. Doesn't like a city. He's like me. He doesn't care about the uh, the crowds. He doesn't care about these characters that mean nothing in the movies. Devastated. Devastated. No, what is it? What was it? Was it? Is it Karen? Francesca, they need to go to a ballet lesson. Doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Oh, yeah, he doesn't yeah. need it. Doesn't need them. Doesn't need the people playing golf. Uh, doing <laughs> Hulk going mad. No, clearly, clearly. No, Jane's um, reaction there. What do you think about Jane? Sorry, mate. Jane's reaction there. God, the whole that whole scene. It Jane, was. It comes out just, nowhere. Just absolute. Oh my god! Love my life. Oh my god! I can't. I can't imagine another hour without four. I mean. The day before, you didn't even know him, mate. No, I can't imagine so another true. hour without him. Yeah, yeah. Like, come no, on, Jane. He comes back. He kind of like over here. He like hears her, doesn't he? And he kind of you, you sort of see in the distance like an explosion. Something shoots up in the air. It's clearly Thor's hammer, and then it comes flying straight into Thor, and with the kind of gust and 
dust and all this kind of stuff, Thor is then transformed into the god um, of him. And, uh, you know, as in, you know, he's in his outfit, he's got the hammer, he's got all, he looks, looks badass. That scene and that moment was dog shit. And it really was like, it just, the, even the bit with the destroyer, it just, it just, I was like, what? It, the stakes aren't there. The stakes, because right now all he wants is his hammer. That's literally mm. all there is right now. That it, it came it came across to me, Matt, that we've had like most this film I wouldn't say has a villain. Not a typical villain. I mean no. you've got you like you up Loki, you've got Lalfi, but but that is all backstory, right? Well, so that's this all, is the, this that's, is the there, funny thing. There there's no villain there. So how on earth could you end this film to get Thor back into Asgard? So we made the point of Iron Man 2 saying it doesn't need a villain mm. because of all of these characters that have been established with what's happening with 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 Tony's character in that moment. It wasn't actually really needed to have an antagonist in an antagonist in that role, you know, in that film, sorry. But in Thor, you can very much tell that they had no idea or really there was no real focus on what where the villain is what the villain is there there was no stakes it needed that it that's the film where it needed a villain but there wasn't one i would have placed this entire film on earth yeah and i i wouldn't have bought i uh i maybe i the for the flashback kept the flashback but once thor went to earth i would have kept it on earth the whole time it would have established a story between him and jane he could have got involved with some shit that went on on earth so maybe we had a villain you know a villain was already attacking their home for whatever reason or what or whatever which would have led shield to be like okay we need this guy as an avenger Mm -hmm. um blah 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 um hawkeye you know obviously in the area anyway <laughs> as you yeah. are um so it i think if you'd have kept this on earth loki would have, could have got there like would have had all the same stuff that we needed to but it would just given it the breadth that it needed so that by the second by the sequel we could have gone back home to asgard a reason a reason to go to home to asgard would have started mm. the film yeah um and then, yeah, and I, I think that would have played better for me. So then that's what happens really, isn't it? Because, like, you know, Thor goes, I've got to go back home because Loki's effing everything, everything up for us in Asgard. Uh, Jane, I can't come back. I've got to leave. And she gets all really upset. And there's this moment between them where they do a big kiss. And it's very, very Shakespearean. It's very melodramatic. It's... It's like Kenneth Branagh doesn't understand really human emotions. Um, and I don't know whether that's any judgment on his character as a person. I don't really get Kenneth Branagh, Forrest. I'll be quite honest, <laughs> genuinely. Um, but equally, he goes to Asgard and basically confronts Loki, has a bit of a cool fight, actually. Let's talk about that fight scene, actually. So when he arrives back into where Idris Elba, we've never, we haven't spoken about Heimdall. Heimdall, man, Idris Elba, and you know where he is and where he kind of guards the gate, uh, which I think is actually an epic character for him, uh, and I love that it gets fleshed out later in the other Thor movies as well. Um, 
now there isn't really much action really in this movie you know in terms of like massive kind of like battles between a villain and a superhero but the only one we really get is this moment and this kind of it's an acting scene around a fight scene it's very it, again again i'm gonna say it again it's very shakespearean because you know you've got like all these dramatic lines and now we're having a fight jumping and now we're saying you know, and then so there is this kind of uh yeah dramatic scene based around a fight that's happening between thor and loki in that moment um yeah what are your thoughts on that bit again i'm not like i it was not like it's like oh my god it's amazing i feel like what it tried to do is to try to bring a different tone in to the movie and it just didn't really happen um i i i think i i quite liked it i quite like i quite like the build-up of it uh i like it he comes in kills laufey he says and your death comes at the son of laufey um yeah. he has that not like, cool little line um and yeah i think the build-up of the fight's all right uh i quite like the hammer being on on yeah, Loki. It's quite cool, yeah. crushing him. Is that, is that the scene where he sh- where Loki shouts at Thor, saying that you were the chosen one? Uh, yes, I, I that's that's yeah. I think there's that moment there. I think for, in terms of like Tom Henderson, I think he does a really sound performance as Loki and introducing Loki. But I think that's the real moment where he kind of comes to life in terms of his character. Um, mm. Um, but yeah, so basically he kind of he kind of settles down the situation because Loki was effectively going out to uh, murder his own father. Mm. Question: Did Loki ever seek out to kill Odin, or did he always have the plan that Laufey was going to kill him and that Loki would eventually kill Laufey? Mm. I think that's probably what he would want to do. I don't think he'd ever want to be driven to to the point where he had to actually physically kill his own father because I think he's more of a compassionate person than we think he is. So I think the tactic, yeah, I think the tactic it probably is that. Not to say that he wouldn't kill his father if he needed to get what he wanted. I think um, I think the kind of the final, coming back to kind of like the final battle between Thor and Loki, kind of doesn't feel... It's weird, isn't it? Thinking back on it now, it doesn't feel like the stakes are high enough, but they should be because the the components are all there. I think it might just be just the way it's played out and kind of composed together in the film. Um, it, I, I think is that I don't know what else it needed. If Thor spent so long on Earth that we've established him, Jane, Eric. That's probably it. We haven't had enough time on Asgard. And we and and by the time he goes back to Asgard and this fight started, Loki just emerged with the destroyer and suddenly became an absolute prick. And Thor's gone. Okay, you came down, and you and I found out you lied to me. Now you brought the destroyer down to kill me. So it's sort of, it, it, I think it's just a bit of a jarring sense there. Do you know I think it goes up? back to your initial comment about that we didn't get enough of Asgard and the people within it at the beginning of that movie because when we go back to Asgard at the end we don't we we go oh oh there's a fight oh 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 okay Thor's deciding to you know smash up Rainbow Road oh is that important because I don't know whether that's important do you know what I mean is yeah. is that is that road of a significant clearly of course it is significance because it's the only way in only way out 
of Asgard, right? Mm. Uh, it just wasn't enough. There wasn't enough was there for you to be personally invested in that final fight at the end. Um, not to say it was there weren't cool moments. I think there were cool moments in terms of, um, yeah, like you say, the hammer moment, being on the chest, not being able to get out. And uh, you see the moments where Loki were kind of multiplies himself, doesn't he, just before that moment as well. But that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I, I feel overall, I think far too much to cover for one film. A hundred percent. And then obviously, Odin wakes up, doesn't he? <laughs> Miraculously, just at the point where they break the road, the Rainbow Road. I'm going to keep calling it that until I understand exactly what it's called. Break the road. Then obviously, Odin turns up, and because um, Thor and Loki are about to descend into the nothingness and Loki decides to let go and fall into the abyss never to be seen again <laughs> yeah never to be seen again but you damn well know we're going to see you again soon. Oh, 100% oh god could you imagine if that was it for Loki yeah. just could like just just like we we we're about to see Obadiah turn into Thanos. <laughs> we know that Loki's coming. You, you hold coming you hold back. on to that, mate. You hold uh, on to that dream. You hold on to it. Running theme I'm gonna be bringing back on the regular, mate. Don't you worry. What's your favourite line, Matt? Meow meow. Oh. What's a meow? Yeah, that's my favourite. Or or uh, when Anthony Hopkins goes, you are not worthy. Mm. It's very good. Very good. My um, favourite line, the destroyer arrives on planet Earth uh, and is greeted by uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, members of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Coulson. Uh, and Coulson goes, is this one of Stark's? I, I, I like that. I like that line a lot. He yep. squares straight up. He squares up to the, the destroyer and uh, yeah, is this one of Starks? And he's like, "Oh, come on, mate!" And then the next thing, the destroyer's just chucking fucking firebombs straight out. It is badass. It is so bad. good. It, it looks like a bit of Star Tech, really. If you think about it, mm. you, you could understand why they would think that. Uh, random, random highlight from the film. Uh, so Eric and Thor are having a drink together, right? Uh, and they have two boilermakers. Eric asks for two boilermakers. Do you know, Matt, what a boilermaker is? Do you know what? Educate me, Forrest. I don't. Did some research on this bad boy. Um, so it is a shot of whiskey in a pint of beer. What? What? It's called a boilermaker, and it's a, a, it's a well-known American beverage. Really? Shot of, a shot of whiskey in a pint of that beer. that honestly that sounds utterly i mean what i usually do is i i i, I would finish with a whiskey after i've maybe had a, like a beer or a couple of beers i would finish with the whiskey and that'd be it but i would never combine the two that is insane i reckon next podcast a boiler maker whack out a boiler maker mate i'm game i'm game you know me, I'm committed to this podcast 100%. I'm all in. As an opportunity as well for us to, you know, to get in. We're, we're, getting, we're getting into the nice little flow now. We're four in. We're four in. We know what we're doing. We know what's how, to, how this is going. Um, we would also just make sure that we are encouraging you, listener, 
dear listener, one listener, to watch along these movies with us, okay? And do give us your thoughts on this movie in particular, okay? We've said the email a million times, but I will say it one more time. It's don't be a hero podcast at gmail.com, okay? Uh, just give us your thoughts on the movie. Uh, we will obviously, we are filming these, uh, recording these, filming these. We are recording these in a block at the moment. Uh, what we will do is we'll, con- we'll kind of like collate all of the emails and we'll pop them out from the first phase after we get to beyond the first Avengers movie and let you know of your emails and your comments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we'll kind of go on a weekly basis from there. But we're, you know, this is, this is wonderful, but we need to talk about the end credits before we wrap things up. Don't we, we Forrest? We do indeed. Okay. So, so I, can I immediately say that I, uh, Thor got me big time because there was a stage at the beginning of the credits uh, Disney Plus didn't do its normal thing of saying skip credits straight away. Normally it says skip credits. I click the button, whoop to do. I'm at the end of it, happy days. Yeah. But it didn't do that straight away. So I thought, holy shit, is this the first of the Marvel films that has a mid credit scene as well as an end credit scene? Uh, I was massively disappointed. It absolutely doesn't. But I am <laughs> looking forward to the day. Where we, when where it does. we get to where we do have one. Do you know what? It was really funny about this end credit scene is that I had to watch it twice because when I watched it a few days ago, I forgot that there was one because the end credits didn't... It, not to say it doesn't serve anything. It does set up something, that's for sure. But I just like, I just forgot. I forgot it happened. So I had to watch it again. But basically, it's, it's, it's Eric, uh, Mr. Irvine, Dr. Irvine, it's called to this kind of like bunker or what's really weird and ominous um, kind of lair. But that's where they're holding the Tesseract. But we don't know what's called the Tesseract at this point. But Nick Fury is there behind him, the suitcase of what contains the Tesseract. Um, Dr. Irvine goes, oh, why are you sending me down here? I'm really busy with work. I'm trying to figure out this new this new thing that's going on. I'm a scientist. Let me let me get on with my job. Right. And he went, oh, you know, I've been sent you down here. He's like, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to kill me. This is a bit weird. Um, and then says, basically going, look, what you think you know about the world might not be what you actually think you know about the world. And he's like, oh. And he questions the universe, doesn't he? Um, Dr. Irvine to Nick Fury opens up the briefcase. Boom. There he sees power, energy, the Tesseract. Okay. And then boom. We get a little shot. We turn to our left. There's a little mirror. And we see a disheveled, almost weird green goblin-esque Loki. Uh, and I can't remember what the line is, but it kind of sets up a kind of like the him wanting to get back and obtain the Tesseract again. So he's kind of landed himself on Earth again, somehow. He has indeed. Uh, Eric says the same line as Loki, doesn't he? Yes, it kind of like he he says what that will do. Or I can't remember what it is now. Yeah, he repeat he repeats the very last line uh, that Loki delivers. Um, now, obviously, we know that Loki can project. Is this? Is oh, this... I see him. <laughs> I thought he meant vocally project, and I was like, I don't. Think he, I don't think he really. Oh, I think that, actually, you know, that Loki quite good on his projection, as he's a very good, very good actor. Uh. <laughs>
<laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yes, he did. I think he did. I think it was a, a projection, but then he used um, coercion techniques and his, and his mischiefness to say the line. I've just found the line. It says, well, I guess that's worth a look. That's what Loki says, and it ends on that. Um, but it sets up for the Avengers movie, doesn't it? It sure does. Which ticks perfectly nicely, because we are only one film away, really, to the From Avengers. First dip into the pool of the Avengers team. I can't wait. I, honestly, I haven't seen the Avengers in so long. But equally, I haven't seen the next movie in so long forest what is the next movie friend we're about to get a brand new avenger ladies and gents we're about to get patriotic we're about to get we're about to rewind we're gonna get into some history now we're gonna have a history lesson amazing we are deep diving into captain america oh my god the first avenger the first avenger oh okay i'm in i'm in yeah sign me up yeah, classic, classic, classic Honestly, Marvel film. I actually genuinely can't wait, you know, to to watch this movie because it's again, this is a character for me particular that had that grew on me towards the end, towards the end, it, you know, in terms of you know Infinity War and beyond. Captain America, absolutely, actually, from Winter Soldier, actually, I want to say, it's when I was fully all in with Captain America. Oh, um, Winter Soldier is just. Uh, it's the next level it really is Um, but yeah looking forward to it Agent Carter as well Agent Carter's in it Agent Carter Agent Carter well Forrest mate it's been a pleasure as as always always a pleasure absolutely never a chore my good friend Matt thanks for watching watching listening to Don't Be a Hero podcast bye for now Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Be a Hero podcast. If you have any comments, feedback, or any thoughts, email us at Don't Be a Hero podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other streaming platforms for future content. And to keep up to date on all things Don't Be A Hero, follow us on our Instagram or our TikTok at Don't Be A Hero Podcast. We'll see you there.